you. All right, so we are uh, in, yes. Uh, I could be that uh, just uh, saying that uh, I can be interrupted because I'm uh, currently at work <laughs> and okay. uh, could be that somebody will call me and I have to, to hook, off, hook up. So um, I, okay. I'll make it another time then, but uh, there's a possibility, let's say. Okay, no worries. Maybe what we'll do, we'll, we'll go through your questions first and then just in case. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. You. No worries at all. So February, crazy. Where did January go? Just an absolutely quickest month ever, it felt like. So we'll go into the personal development section afterwards, but I wanted to go through Wouter's questions because he's got great questions. And Claudia, we didn't get to your question about testimonials two weeks ago. So I want to go through that as well, because you were asking about how to ask for testimonials. And I want to do a little bit more about that verbally. Okay, so let me pull over Walter's great questions. So he says, once your people are, are in your network marketing team, how can you encourage them to spend more valuable time, or any time that they have, even if it's limited into building their network marketing business, people are so busy with different things. And it's hard to look. Um, it's hard to it's hard to look into their lives to see if they're able or willing to do this. I was thinking about the following, but probably there's more things that you can suggest. Number one, let them know how much you're doing in network marketing yourself. But if you don't have many results, people can also think it's worthwhile. It's maybe not worthwhile to put so much effort in. Number two, show them how much they can earn in network marketing if they put more time into it. Number three, show them some testimonials or talk with your upline who is successful. And then other things, what would you suggest? Okay, this is such a brilliant question. So just so you know, once you get to module seven, which is all about training your team, it will have some things in there as well. But I want to go specifically, specifically talk about it now because it's such a good review. So it's my, my belief and and I, I think we've made the shift where most people talk about network marketing more authentically like not just soul crap, but most people in general let people know that this is a real business and that you have to put work into it. So, you know, five or 10 years ago, there's more people out there saying, oh, you don't have to do anything. I'll put people underneath of you. So people would come in not realizing they had to do work in order to make it work. But that's not so much now. Most people know that they need to do do work. But I'm I really set the precedent and I really make sure their expectations are that from the time I first start presenting to them. So there's there's kind of these moments that are really important when you're presenting, when you're training them, so when they're first getting started, and then what you do after the ongoing training as well. And then also a fourth thing is going to be the community that you create for them. So we're going to talk about those four things. So the first thing is when I'm I'm actually doing the presentation, I'll actually even ask them, how much time do you have to put in a business? And I'll, I'll link that with how much would you like this business or a side business to to make for you? Like, what are, what are your goals? because you want to connect the amount that they want to make to the amount of hours that they need to put in. 
So I, 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 depending on how the conversation is going, I might ask them how much time they have first and then ask them how much money they want to make. Or sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's the other way around, but no matter what, I always ask them, how much time do you have? And I'll bring in what I know about them. You know, of course you have your full-time job or you're taking care of your, your father or your kids are going through school or your, your wife's pregnant, you know, how much time do you think you have to put into this business? And that makes sure that we can talk about it there. Now, what I'm looking for is five to 10 hours per week minimum. And that network marketing is really designed to do in five to 10 hours. Ideally, if someone can do, you know, 10 to 15, that's great. But five to 10 is, is more normal when they're first starting. And uh, the, the, the five to 10, then you're, um, let's say, making a, a, a money that is, well, let's say, uh, not, not too much, but it's acceptable, acceptable for a lot of people. I think when you want to grow to 100K, you have to go beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're, if, if somebody put in 10 hours per week for a year, and, and really like 10 hours a week where they're present, like they're doing those two, because in Soulcraft, we always talk about if you can put 10 hours of, into this and you're doing two presentations per week, then making $1,000 per week at the end of the year, you, you will do that as long as you're doing 10 hours per week and two presentations per week. That, that's, the, that's the necessity. It can't be 10 hours per week, you know, studying, writing your why out, <laughs> although I'm not really big about your why, <laughs> but you have to be doing those two presentations per week because that's the only thing that's going to be growing the business. So when I'm talking to them, I'm just trying to make sure that they've got five to 10 hours per week. So because five, as they're starting to make more money, then they're going to want to go to 10 hours per week. Now, usually once someone hits that $1,000 per week, then they're able to let go other things and they can do 10 to 15 hours per week, you know, and then they might do 15 to 20. But I know many people in network marketing that make really good money and they're still only doing 20 hours per week, if that. So you, you never have to do more, you know, 20 hours per week is a good amount, even when you're making really good income. Yeah. To have a, let's say, large income, 20 hours per week. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like, like even now with all of my businesses, you know, I probably work like, you know, unless I'm in a launch or if I'm designing a course, then I'm working 40 hours per week. But if I'm not in a launch and I'm not doing um, a course, I'm probably working 30 hours a week and I have a lot of businesses, but you know, they're very, that's very different than also than a nine to fiver who 40 hours per week, that might include the, the time at the water cooler, you know, so when you're, you work for yourself at home, you're very structured. So 30 hours a week mm -hmm. kind of goes a long ways. Anyway, I kind of digress. So I talk to them when I'm in the presentation, then the first training that I do, the getting started training that I always do with all my, my new associates, in that training, I'm talking about how much time, again, I'm reviewing again, how much time do, are you committed to putting to this? And obviously we really want them to do Soulcraft or purchase the WAP because there it talks about, you know, how many hours, how many business hours are you putting into your business? 
but you as their leader wants to really emphasize it needs to be five to 10 if, if they want to make good income. So you've talked to it before they, they get involved, then when you're doing their first training, you're reviewing it then. And if they're very new to having their own business, I even help them structure, okay, so you think you have 10 hours per week, where do you feel it's gonna be best for you to do those hours? Is it going to be in the evening after you, you come home from work? Is it gonna be better to do five hours on Saturday, five hours on Sunday? I'd literally help them structure it if they're not used to working on their, their own, if they're not, like if they've been an employee. Then the other thing that's really crucial is that you've got ongoing training for your team and module seven will help you establish that. And so way back in the day, you know, this goes back like, you know, 15, 20 years ago when we were doing more um, hotel presentations, we would always do the training before the hotel presentation. But about 10 years ago, I moved that to just online training where my team would meet online, you know, once a week. And then gradually as people got busier, it was like once every other, every other week, et cetera. But they had a place to come together where they're, they're getting trained. Now, that brings me to point number four, is that from the get-go, you want to create a, a community or a identity or a, a team culture for your team so that they, they feel like they're, they belong to something and they want to contribute to that. So when people feel like they are part of a team, they also, you know, they don't wanna let the team down. They wanna make sure they turn up to trainings. And as quickly as your people are, are growing, you're also having them doing little things on the training. It's like sharing a testimonial, sharing a success story, et cetera. So for example, my, my team, Live Well International. So we branded our team Live Well International. So when people came into my team, they felt like they were part of something and there was rules of engagement for being in this team. And part of that was coming to trainings, you know, going to convention. Now, Google module training. seven will really help you with that though, because we, we even have some questions that you can ask your new associate that will help them commit to those hours. Now, if you, and Claudia, you probably had something great to say, I'll, I'll come back to you. That, that is ideal if you've set, set it up from the beginning. So it's always easier, and in Soulcraft we always talk about this, that it's always easier to, to set the follow-up in the meeting that you're in rather than try to get it later. So even like this process I just talked about, it's easier to start, you know, you sow the seeds in the very beginning. But what if you have a team member that you've had for, you know, six months and they're, you've never done this and they're just not doing anything? With them, what I would do is call them and say, hey, I, I'm really putting some more focus into my business and I'd love to get together with you to talk about your goals and if, if you feel like you would really like to grow your business at this time as well. And then getting together with them, talking about their why, what time they, it, time they have to put into the business. It's almost like you're, you're 
starting new and starting afresh with them. And I, I also use that for people that have kind of just fallen off the radar. You know, I'll, I'll call them and say, hey, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is I am, or um, I, I notice that you haven't been as active. I'd love to get together with you to talk about if you feel this is a, a vehicle for where you want to head and how I can help. Claudia, did you have something you were going to add? And hi, Ali. I, I was kind of hijacking into your talk about the Live Well International Community, as I still recall that time. Yes. <laughs> and um, what I also liked, yes, for sure, it gave me much more of a feeling of belonging when it was there. Mm -hmm. And also that there was a clear a training curriculum you do that, you do that, you do that. Okay, also connected with sexy fit eventually and things like that. And what I also recall is before I joined any hall, there was a questionnaire I had to fill in. And the questions there also kicked off certain mindset. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that that's where you can do you can do that at any point, like whether it's they're joining your that community or even if maybe it's a questionnaire before you get together for their training, you know, but something kind of like it's the same philosophy before I do an interview or a strategy session with anyone, they fill out a questionnaire. So it's getting them in the mindset for owning a business or purchasing a program, etc. Yeah, and, and that is what I kind of also copy in a way. Um, for strategy session when it is to become to look into a potential product partner or partner yeah then i have this questionnaire and this um, mindset thing as well in yeah so and <laughs> because you said um, uh, five to ten hours um, per week if that they do not want to put in um, in the past i i would say i took everybody and now I'm more picky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's not to say, you know, if somebody has a really good circle of influence, you know, and they they also are compelling, like they're an influencer, not not in the term in the way of social media, but they just are able to influence people. It they might only need a couple of hours to build the business, you know. So it's not it's not to preclude someone who only has a couple of hours but normally it takes five to 10 hours per week to build, to learn, et cetera. Yes, and, and when I look to my hours in the beginning and to my hours now, um, it's much more I can handle now. Yeah. It yeah. also depends on your own personal growth of what that means. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And if you, and it's a good point, because if you sat down with someone and they're like, I only have two hours per week, but I'm very committed. Like I, I want to build this, that commitment and desire to build is more important than, you know, five to 10 hours. Mm -hmm. But because on the opposite side, somebody can say, oh, I've got 10 hours and then they, they don't have the commitment, you know, and then they don't do anything. So re yeah, really what we're looking for is that commitment and that desire. Sorry, go ahead. Sometimes it's uh... I think sometimes it's even uh, when people have already like I I have a job uh, next to it, but it means that when you have time, 
you you do it effectively effectively because you you know you only have two hours or you only have four hours slot and mm -hmm. you really go going to do it effectively instead of when you have all weeks all week and uh, nothing uh, it's less effective i think yeah just postponing yeah. or um, doing it slower or yeah i think it helps yeah i think that's is that prado's effect where if you have 40 hours to complete a thesis, you'll take 40 hours, but if you have five, you'll do it in yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a painting we have to finish in a certain time, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think the expectations from the beginning are really important, but then it always is connecting people back to their why. Nice. Because when we connect them back to their why, that's the natural inspiration so they're not having to summon motivation or willpower or discipline. When we're inspired, which is why it's all through like every personal development program, everything. When you're connected to your why, you're inspired to do it. And just like in our, our WAP in the morning, morning ritual, we have the question, why is this important to me? As soon as you ask yourself that, it gives you instant inspiration because that's really directly linked to your why. So that's why I'm always with my team members. Like if I feel like they're struggling, I always try to go back to their why, because if their why is strong enough, they will figure out a way to do it. You figure out also that the why is perhaps not a good why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. Does anyone want to offer anything on this? So in Ali, Basically, Wouter was asking if if a team member is just not putting the time into it, how, is, how can you motivate them or what are some ways to, to get them inspired to put more time into it rather than just getting distracted by life? And yeah, people I love the idea of terms of engagement. I'll definitely be looking out for that. Yeah. Yeah. And life happens, you know, like that's the thing, like they like distraction is the number one killer of dreams, <laughs> you know, life challenges, health issues, parents, you know, just it's always going to be pulling at us. But then again, if our why is if we can help our team members be really strong on their why, they will always come back to that. Thank you. All right, so any any questions with that that you'd like to brainstorm further, just if, since we're on the topic of this, with team members? Yeah, I'd like to add something to that, please, Carmen. Yeah, absolutely. Not. So uh, community is important. What happens if some of your team members do become over, uh, over committed to community? You know, they use that as their social outing. I, I, I do go back to that why, but somehow the community, yeah. What can you do about that particular case? Like mm -hmm. community becomes so important, just becoming a social club. And just reading between the lines, like they'll come to everything, but they're not actually doing yeah, presentations. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's kind of two sides to that. There, there's some people who just probably will never really get into doing the business and they they love the network marketing 
business just for the community and they're on the products and maybe they get a few preferred customers. We will, like I've always had people like that in my organization too. They're always there and they're super supportive of the company and everyone else, but they don't do much. So I do try again to go to their why. And then and you also would go back. You would go, go back, back to their why. Yeah. yeah. And I'd also accountability buddies can actually really help if they're social, they really like to be with people. So accountability buddies can help as well. And then I also would, would do a training around limiting beliefs or helping people discover what their where there might be resistance. So if I ever felt there was an issue like in my team, and maybe I'd gently tried to help the person and it just wasn't going anywhere, I would do a training on it. Because sometimes people learn better from a training when everybody's learning at the same time, than just, you know, like a gentle conversation. So you could do a training on helping people discover their limiting beliefs or where their resistance is. That's a great one. Thanks, Carmen. And it could be like, you know, you could even frame it as, um, you know, how to finally get into action in your business. Like, or, you know, do you love your network marketing business, the products, the people, but you're struggling to do actually get into action, you know, so you could make that all completely be how you market it. And then really guiding people through their why they're uncovering their fears uncovering any resistance because at the end of the day there's something that's stopping them from talking to people doing presentations following up etc mm -hmm. now you we always want to provide that training and that especially if it's a personally sponsored person you know meeting with them etc um and we, i never give up hope on people but you also want to make sure that your energy isn't always going to people you feel like you have to, and you know, I, I know you know this, Annette, but just so we're not trying to always drag people over the finish line. Yeah, yeah. But the community one that really struck me as a, that could actually become a stumbling block if mm -hmm. you allow it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So anything else with team that you want to discuss or? So way, other ways that you can, yes, Roger, go ahead. Uh, I was wondering, suppose I have a team, I have people below below me and there are mm -hmm. people below again. Okay. At a certain level, you know the people and you know how to connect to them. But when you go deeper and deeper, uh, you it will get loose or you will get lost somewhere. Um, when is it? Uh, uh, well, how do how do you do it to to let's say keep talking to people that you're connected to or people that you don't know? Because sometimes you're dependent on to say, okay, my downline will do the, the job for me um, instead of me myself. Because you can't if it grows faster and faster, you can't do any uh, all all the people connect to all the people. Yeah. So um, is it only that you connect to the five first, for instance, uh, and then they have to connect further on? But if one of them disconnects, then you're losing a lot of people below that. 
Mm. So how do yes. you do you go below that to connect uh, to another person or, or what, what would be the best thing to do? Yeah, that's such a great question. So in general, I would always teach my the person that I brought in, I would help them train their first, you know, two or three people. So I was going two layers deep. But I was always teaching them that once I help you train a couple of your people, two to three, let's say, then you'll be responsible to continue that and do the same thing, help your people train their first two to three people. So everyone's always getting that two to three um, training and and depth. So that that helps things duplicate. And then also having a team culture that everyone is coming to. So then, then you're kind of seen as a leader, like, okay, how is everyone doing? Are there any orphans? You know, where can, and, and people, even if they don't have a good upline, if they're part of a team, they can lean on each other as well. But the, probably the best thing besides this, um, and you'll learn this in the module seven as well, that when people come in, they know that they have me for 90 days. And so, and then when they are training their people, they have, they're training their people for 90 days. So whenever you're bringing in someone, they know I've only got my upline to really work with me closely for 90 days. They're always going to be there, but they're like joined at the hip for 90 days. So people really take advantage of that. And that duplicates on down. So that creating a team culture. And then finally, you want to create a place for your leaders to come. So I called it my road to gold. So RTG, road to gold. And Claudia was part of that. And so it was all my leaders. So my leaders in each of my legs. And so they would, we would have our team training for half an hour. Used to be an hour, then we reduced that to half an hour. And then the leaders, we would have a half an hour call afterwards. And so then I was able to find the leaders in all my legs. So in, in USANA, we have legs and then work at a closer level with those leaders to make sure that they were really duplicating on down. And I strategically was always putting and developing leaders in all my legs. So all my legs were strong and I had a, that closer connection with my, my leaders. Because one, one thing I noticed when I found a leader the people that were the most successful were the ones I spent time with. So like Claudia's upline is um, Kathleen, Kathleen Zwakoven, and, and I personally sponsored her. Actually, I didn't personally sponsor, sponsor her. She was sponsored by someone I personally sponsored, but then she didn't really do the business that much. So then I worked with Kathleen. And that's a really good example. So say if, if you sponsor someone and then they sponsor someone really good, but the person doesn't really do anything, you want to work with the really good person, okay, which then went up through Manon, so that was the, the lady, okay, so it still helped Manon, but because Manon really wasn't doing much, I worked with Kathleen, and I worked with Kathleen so that she could build her organization, and then Claudia was in her organization, but still, because I always like to go too deep, Kathleen was in my road to gold, and Claudia was in my road to gold too, because she was the next leader underneath Kathleen. Okay. So developing that, that was literally one of the best things I ever did was developing a leadership team. Oh, that was interesting, yeah, yeah. And they, when they came into it, they had to agree, you know, like they would be on the calls, they would contribute, they would, you know, it was, I think that's what Claudia was probably mentioning as well. Like you, you had to, 
agree to be a leader. <laughs> so it was kind of this elite, um, you know, not not snobby, but just like, okay, you have to do something to be in this group. And then that that's what helps really build a big organization because you're intimately involved with the linchpins, but you don't have to be intimately involved with everybody because you can't. And as you, I do that with my, my employees and my VAs. So I'll have like, like with the, I have a lot of VAs in the Philippines. I have a head VA that helps manage the other VAs because then I'm not running around managing four VAs. You know, I'm managing one and they're managing the other three. And just, you know, kind of a, a, any company would do that too, but you want to do that in your network marketing business too. Vicky, I think you were going to. Yeah. I'm just curious about the, um, uh, where you cut that off in terms of working too deep. So mm. in that situation, you work with Kathleen and then Claudia and maybe someone below Claudia, would that have been? or No, because Mignon was the upline. Okay. Yeah. So if there had been someone below Claudia who was showing promise, would you have included that person or no? You're only going too deep. What? What? What's a... We probably would because... Kathleen didn't have another strong leader at the time. I think we had one other um, strong leader at the time. I can't remember her name. At that point, it gets more to numbers. So if Kathleen started having like five people, then I would say, hey, Kathleen, you should break off and do your your own road to gold, but then stay in mind. So you're still getting that training, but start your own. Because something does dissipate. If you get too many people, it gets too big. Okay. And then also Kathleen wouldn't step into that leadership role. So you kind yeah. of clip their wings, So you, mm-hmm. which you don't want to do. So mm-hmm. you, you want them to be able to access the mothership, but then they start their own. Mm-hmm. So like Liz is, is a great example. So Liz was one of, Elizabeth Ryder was one of my, she worked with me first as my employee and then became an associate and did super well, incredibly well. And then, her, as her team was growing, it got too big. So I was like, Liz, you need to, and she wanted to, you know, like, but that's what you need to do. And you don't want your, you don't want to keep your people too close to you because they need to sprout their wings, you know, so. Very clever, uh, Carmen. Is that something that you've got from your coaching experience or was that from your first uh, network marketing experience? I probably that I, I actually don't know. I probably picked it up somewhere along the line and more that, you know, I think it was more books on network marketing to develop your leaders. And that really mm-hmm. resonated with me, like yeah. develop your leaders. And there was a quote that it was something like you want to develop your leaders to be better than you rather than in a job, you never want your the people below you to be better than you because you could be out of a job. But in network marketing, you actually want the people you want to train them to be better than you mm. because then, you know, your income will keep growing. So I really liked that. Like I thought that's that's just a brilliant concept. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. And I wanted my team to be because really you want to be able to step away where you don't even have to be involved there. And the same thing, for, have that duplicate down. Mm. Yeah. So, and then thinking about other things that you can do to generate that, um, where your team wants to actually work. (laughs) So having that team culture, 
at our conventions, we would always have get together. So we'd always have a dinner, we'd always have awards. You know, so people would come to that convention because they know we'd have a team dinner, we'd, we'd have awards. So they, that was something really special. And everyone would actually know it was only, it was the road to gold that would chip in to help pay for that party. You know, so they might chip in like $80 each or something like that. And we would have drinks and food, et cetera. So that was something that really motivated the team. Um, we also had on the LiveWell website, we had pictures of the team members. So they felt, you know, in a little bio. And that was brilliant because they could see themselves up there. And then when, the, when, they, were, when they were prospecting, their prospects could see them. I've noticed Emmanuel does this really well. He has a, uh, a social media account. I think it's Holistica. I think it is Holistica, but go check it out. Um, I can put it in the, the notes afterwards as well. But that's the name of his team as well for network marketing. And he features people in his team, new associates on that social media page. And that's such a brilliant way for prospecting. A, it lifts up the associate, the new team member. And B, when they're prospecting, they, the person can go to that Instagram account and see you know, the person that they're talking to really elevated. So check that out. I'll put it in the, the, um, in the recording, in the little notes, but he does that so well. And, and he just would also do, oh yeah, no, no, go ahead. Sorry, just one uh, final thing on, on it. Um, because uh, for what um, Annette's mentioning, just how, what, what are you looking for, for someone um for you to go, even if they're not fully formed yet, but you know this is someone that I will put time into. Like, mm. would that help? And then I don't know in terms of because I know we you've got a more active team than mine, um, but I would be in the same boat, you know. So, yeah, what 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 would tell you? I would I should put time here. I should put more effort in here. Mm. The the people who are setting so in initially when someone comes in i would do their first presentations for them so the the people who are bringing me people you know who are no hesitation like yep i've got you know two people for you you know so they're um or they're making the effort and maybe people aren't saying yes but they're making the effort so then i know i've got um someone who's got the desire and maybe i just have to train yeah so i'm looking for results or desire and either either are fine they are either bringing people to me or they've got the really high desire yeah fantastic thanks um what else was i thinking the other thing that really helped is every six months we would do a contest so and we would all it would be like a personal best so you know like we would set parameters like if you bring in six associates you'll get this prize if you bring in five associates if you bring in x amount of pcs you know etc so we would do a contest every six months and everyone would be working as a team you know to do that like how are you doing etc um so that really generated enthusiasm we would also do special trainings and special guests coming in and doctors always, of course, in, in um, so you, you want to think like for you, Wouter, maybe a guest speaker that's really relevant to your network marketing company. 
And that gives a place for people to learn and grow and get together and feel like they're growing personally. Because when people feel like they're growing personally as part of a group, that makes them be really engaged. And then also that will have benefit for their, their business as well. So I always did a lot of personal development with my team. Like, you know, the Handel group was a, a life coaching group that I worked with, oh, probably 12 years ago. So we would do work with them, like do like a Sunday afternoon personal development workshop, you know, like maybe people, people paid $50 for or something, but we were always doing stuff as a team to grow. So that can, so I would, for everyone, and you'll learn this in module seven, creating a team name culture is so, so important. And why it's important is it will help people stay in. And we know with network marketing, if they haven't done it before, there's that learning curve. And it helps if you're part of a community, even if you're being said no to for the first couple of weeks, if you've got a community around you that's supportive, that will help their morale stay high and they'll stay in long enough to learn and then start having success. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to getting testimonials. So everybody wants to get testimonials all the time because you will need them for everything. <laughs> and they're super easy to get, whether it's from an associate, a product user, a program user, you know, Vicky, like for your activewear line, you know, Ali for all of your clients, you know, everyone should be getting testimonials. So the standard format for, and, and I always like when I ask for testimonials, I like to give them a format because otherwise it can make, it's hard for them and then they just procrastinate. So you just want to give them a format and it's always this, where were you before? And it could be your network marketing product, uh, sorry, company, the product, my program, my clothing line, my, my menopause program, you know, whatever it is, where were you before? So how did you feel? What were you experiencing? What made you want to join? What made you want to buy? So what made you want to join as an associate? What made you want to buy the financial product? What made you buy, want to buy the calcium? What made you want to buy the menopause program? And where are you now? So what are the results? Now, if they haven't had, you know, huge results yet because they've just joined or they've just started taking the product, where are you excited to head? So that's another question that's just as good. So even with Soulcraft testimonials, when people go through the eight weeks, they might have huge results or they might still just be doing a lot of the content, not getting huge results yet. So they would say what they're most excited about for the future. Same thing with an associate. What are you most excited about? So where were you before? What made you want to join? Where are you now? And where are you excited to head? And that will always pull out what you need. And then I always like to ask for a picture. And again, I, I will, when I ask them, I'll give them that formula. So it's just very easy. And I always say to them, you know, just only take five or 10 minutes. Don't overthink it. Just whatever comes out because I can edit it to make it more perfect and run it by you. 
So, and that's why even all, whenever I ask testimonials for anything, I'll always say, you know, do we have your per permission to use it, you know, on social media, on, on uh, emails or whatever. And, you know, can we, uh, can we edit it? Because sometimes, you know, you can change, you need, usually you need to shorten it <laughs> for testimonials. <laughs> huh. And then I always like to ask people right away, you know, it's when, when their um, when their um, emotion is the highest around something. And people usually love they never mind giving testimonials. I mean, if if they don't want to give a testimonial, you probably don't want their testimonial. <laughs> so and of course, you're going to ask the people that you think would, you know, whether they love your product, they love your company, they love your programs, etc. But don't be shy. That's the biggest thing is people either forget or they feel shy. So put it as part of like in sexy fit, you know, put it into your calendar to to ask them. If you're training an associate, you know, ask them in their first month. If someone's taken a product, you know, ask them in their 30 days. If they've taken your program, ask them right after. All of my programs have a feedback form like right after because that's the most important time. And the, the reason being is social proof is one of the biggest reasons why people purchase anything. You know, it's, it's, it, I mean, to this day, I look at reviews for everything. And then on social media, actually, the shorter the like one to two sentences, one sentence, two sentences, three sentences are usually the best on social media because people, you know, they they're not going to read anything long. In the caption, you can go longer, but it's nice just in the in the image, just have something short, really short. So any questions about that? I think the biggest thing is just to re remind yourself because we, we all have people we can ask. But we want to ask them, we usually forget or we feel shy. And Claudia, I think you asked for a testimonial, got a beautiful testimonial. Thank, thank you. <laughs> that, that was kind of out of the blue um, without the format, but I, I really liked it. <laughs> it was a great testimonial. Yeah, really yeah. good. And, and she, and, and I think that's a very good way to do it. I mean, if you are already in this kind of proceedings, she did it in right away, still in the vibe of the experience. Yes, yes. And that's the best. It really is the best because the energy around yeah. it. And it's also they do it quicker because they can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, bing, bing. I was like, oh, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, one, you said picture. Picture was there. And um, name. So I tend to do the first name just to keep a bit of a privacy in, in a way. But yep. also I recall on, on yours, there's always a full name and where they're coming from and things like that. For, for me, it feels like maybe a next level step. And I start yeah. with just first name. Yeah. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, and sometimes I do first name and first letter. Mm -hmm. like not always. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so, 
for me, it's probably a little bit different because it's international. And um, but there's times I've just done first name and and first letter of their last name, but first name is totally fine. Mm. The biggest thing people like to see a picture rather than just words because it, you could just fake it, you know. So they want to see a picture, and then good to have a, at least a first name. Now, what I would suggest is also keep all your testimonials in a spreadsheet like from the get go so that you can because as, as the years goes go by you'll start collecting more and more testimonials and it's so nice to be able to go back and refer to. Like just have a place that you collect them i'm going to show you something that um, if I can log in really quickly, let me just share my screen really quickly. Can you see that okay. Everybody see my screen okay? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just want to show you an app that I do use that's free. If I can access it really quickly, I don't want to take too much time, but it's called Airtable. And one of my my copywriter for the four-part video series showed this to me. And oops, maybe it's okay. It might not be. I can't show it to you quickly, but ba basically it's just a really easy way to organize your um, testimonials and you can also tag them with words so that if you're looking for a testimonial that has to do about product or business, it just makes it really easy to reference and it's free. So, so Airtable for some reason it's not. Um... Yep, it's giving me an error. I'm not sure why. Okay. But yeah, Airtable is is a good one, or just a, an old, you know, a standard Google Docs or spreadsheet. But definitely, highly, highly recommend um, for everybody on this call. Yeah, and you know, any program that you do, you always want to have testimonials on it. You know, so anything. Hmm. Most of you, all of you, use Canva, right? Okay, Canva also has these super easy, beautiful things that you can use in stories or as posts with your testimonials that just like with quotation marks, super cute, like I should be using them. So thinking about this, I would try to do a testimonial like one, at least once a month on social media, like have that just part of your and if you could, you know, twice a month is even better, but at least once a month. And then make sure you're doing your your post in your stories as well. You probably see with my social media, I do my my post and then a day later it goes in my stories because some people you probably know this, but they don't even look at feeds They're they're just in stories the whole time. So any questions about testimonials? So because that's a very powerful, very, very powerful, underutilized. Um, is it okay to use, so for example, I'm I'm in a, a group of people and we run a program um, and the other coaches are better at getting testimonials than me. So um, is it okay to use their client testimonial because it's about the program and about the coaches, about the support they get? Is that okay? As long as it's okay with the person, yeah, yeah. You usually just check if the whoever got it because normally, yeah. like 
yeah but if it's okay that's totally fine because it's the program that yeah and and I was also thinking around the the active wear um I could go to the other people who are distributors just for them like so it's not my customer but it's about the product and about why they chose it yeah great thanks I would definitely do yeah definitely do that yeah and faces are always going to be the most important if you can you don't always have to like you could mix it up like just a quote from somebody or or a testimonial then another time with a picture but if you can that picture is yeah is I, I see it all the time on my social media if my face is on it it's got so much more engagement yeah can I ask a question you can um so I um I have support from a UK small business lawyer I'm in her membership and I just spotted I was just browsing to look for my um questions for testimonials that I've been given before and I shared in the chat the UK rules on testimonials which are very strict uh, marketers must hold documentary evidence that a testimonial or endorsement used in a marketing communication is genuine and hold contact details with a person or the organization that gives it and it's got to show that it's from a real person and it reflects what they said mm-hmm. um things within a testimonial must not mislead or be likely to mislead by mislead the consumer um and you can't pose as the as a consumer so marketing communications must not falsely claim or imply that the marketer is acting as a consumer or for purposes outside its trade, business, craft or profession. Um, and then they have to have written permission. Yeah. Wow. It's a bit of a pain because, you know, I mean, I have loads of testimonials which are anonymous because it's health. And what I've tended to do is post them with a... a um, a face shot from a headshot from Canva. Mm-mm. Um, but it might be that I'm best not using a headshot, but as you say, faces are more likely to bring mm. about, you know. Can you um uh, so, my cat's meowing, sorry if, if yeah, that's okay. So you may mind. find that the EU has the same rules since it's GDPR, Claudia. Well we actually have so, similar in Australia though, Alison. We have similar in Australia with TGA. It's so incredibly strict. Yeah. Yeah, Testimonials are so powerful. They're so important. I would think for all of you, you probably would have, because they're all going to be legit, you'll have the name, you'll have the, I think it would probably be just a question as if you can use the, the real photo. Now in Ali's case, it would be a matter of if they would allow you. And then if not, you, I don't know if, I mean, it doesn't sound like you could use another person's photo. I don't know. And it, and it, it does say that, I mean, in health, you really need to anonymize stuff because it's things like vaginal health, you know, you don't want that spread across the social media, whoever you are, you know, however open-minded you are. It's different if you're in business because people like to have themselves promoted. And that's why I'm thinking of, narrowing my niche to um you know a previous mentor suggested i should be the entrepreneur the entrepreneur's medicine uh, menopause mentor which is great and that actually it's better than the midlife medicine woman which isn't really working so 
Um, if I focus on entrepreneurs, then they're probably going to be more likely just to be happy to have their testimonials shared. Mm. Um, but you have to be pretty brave to allow um, your name to be associated with um, marriage repair. Mm. Yeah, I w and for other functional medicine doctors in the UK or, or other OBYGNs. Other, func other functional medicine doctors in the UK don't understand marketing. They mm. they don't understand marketing. Their websites are all factual. You know, mm. there are there are testimonials on their websites. Um, mm. Having said that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost thinking. I would mean, imagine they don't have pictures and maybe are just even first. Would they have first names even? Um, I'll have a look at some of the. Mm websites i've got mm. saved and let you know at the end of the call yeah okay yeah it's interesting because i'm tr i'm thinking even of books that i've read like dr strand's book you know just thinking of the case studies there and i wonder if those were even the real names like i think they might have been changed too so i'm sure they were mm. yeah. and for, as long for, as you for, say for, names changed for um, because of the sensitive nat nature, that's okay. Yeah. But you've got to keep a record of the real name and you've got to have documentary evidence that they really did give that testimonial, you know? Yeah. And then there's a difference between testimonials and case studies. Mm. Of course, for me, I should be doing more case studies as blog posts and things, I guess. Mm. Because then it's obvious you're not going to mention the patient's name. Yeah, yeah. Claudia, so what for me, I have all the records. I mean, in terms of they gave me the testimonial, they, um, they allowed me the, to use it, and they also gave me the picture and allowed it to use it. So I keep track on, on all this um, uh, information. Even I had in the past, and I have a picture that people were on. I got first all the okays from all the people, uh, and I store that away, <laughs> and then I only post the picture type yeah, of thing. Just probably a good idea for everyone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So any other questions around testimonials? And can I make a quick correction? I said TGA, Allison, that was wrong. It was the uh, direct selling in, a, in, in Australia, New Zealand is incredibly strict on what we say and what we do and what we write on, on social media. Mm. Oh, it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway, just be careful. Mm. I've got one here that does have a couple of testimonials with photos, but they are very long testimonials. And there's a whole page with just these two with a photo and one without. Um, and then the other one that I just looked at doesn't have any testimonials at all. As I say, mm -hmm. most of these people don't understand marketing at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if you feel you can do testimonials, I would definitely try to do it once a month on social media. And Ali, it's going to be a little bit different for you. Case studies, I think, would be super good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's wrap up the call. Um, what is your, just to kind of shift it up a little bit, what's your number one focus for the next couple of weeks? Let's just do a quick little roundtable declaration of your what you're focusing on for the next two weeks before our next call Annette can we start with you yeah you can start with me so I have my very first uh, meeting on Saturday and I just play my weeks by 
day by day, but I've got one plan for this week and then in two weeks' time. And with the third one, it will be a, um, a what is it, a call to action with the skincare. Okay, wonderful. Fantastic. And it's already planned. Great. And Claudia, what's your focus for the next couple of weeks? So next week I have my sound days. And um, that is kind of my, my other business, but uh, it's going under the direction. I get paid for uh, having kind of potential customers. <laughs> so I, out of these kind of activities, I also have uh, good results in also talking about other things, Aka, my network marketing business. Then I have this um, um, session I call Six Human Needs. It's kind of a coaching thing, which I want to kind of work better and work uh, more, let's say. Same thing. Also here, there are potentials for uh, customers. I have one associate, looks like, joining. Good. For me, is a biggie thing. And I have existing associates, the ones who popped up the head, that is with which I'm uh, training. Which I, uh, It's not a group yet, but that is for sure what I'm aiming for. Mm -hmm. And my, my big thing is Focus Germany and have their kind of in, in households, have their meetings where people come together, cook and have then the health talks and things like that. So that's my biggie thing. I don't know how I do it yet, but that is what my, my goal is for 2023. <laughs> One of my goals. Very good. Very good. And Vicky? Uh, well, completing the, the nutrition certificate. So I've got... Uh, Oh, two and a half modules left, though they keep adding bits to the other modules. So I have to go back and infill. <laughs> I'm like, God. But anyway, um, oh. but actually, since our last conversation, Carmen, I've kind of really taken on the idea of the health coaching. And interestingly, somebody came up and asked me and said, Vicky, I really need help. And I'm thinking, you really do need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, um, my focus would be about getting the structure so I can start practicing that with people not not charging just practicing getting them in so i can test it and get um get a good process we'll just get the process started yeah fantastic that's and then the nutrition workshops yeah that's just so good yeah and ali um i'm focusing on getting my website completed by the end of next week i was going to say by the end of this week but it involves creating at least two more campaigns in keep so I'm going to be realistic and say end of next week. Okay, end of next week. Fantastic. Great. All right, ladies. Well, fantastic call as we head into February. Um, let's take a picture and then we'll have you do your two ahas and two action steps, of course. But let me give you a warning. So one, two, three. And then this is your crazy one. One, two, three. <laughs> different every time <laughs> oh. all right so good to see everyone we'll see you in a couple of weeks we'll see ali and vicky next week and lots of love to you all bye bye, bye. good night everybody good to bye. see you in it too bye